you in it. I believe the Lord is saying to all of us individually in 2009 that as we do what he's asking us to do, then even though times are hard, even though Wall Street you know, is not doing well, the stock market is not doing well, people lost a lot of retirement money and things like that, even though they are laying off people here in Lynchburg all over the nation and unemployment rate is very high, even though uh, the prices are very high for, for things, gas, food, it fluctuates, goes up and down, even though uh, they are not increasing uh, our salary sometimes at work, but yet increasing our workload, God says, Don't, do not be moved. Do not be moved by these things. Because everyone, he says, everyone who hears these words of his and acts on them, he says, they will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rock. Not a rock, the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, yet it did not damage that house, it did not fall, because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came, they fell, the winds blew, and great was the fall of the house because it fell. He says he doesn't want us to fall. He doesn't want our house to fall. He doesn't want our uh, success in him to fall because he's given us things. So therefore, he says that as we do these things in Isaiah thirty twenty one, it says that we will, with our ears, hear a word behind us saying, this is the way. Walk you in it. And whenever we turn to the left, on the right hand or to the left, he's going to tell us, this is the way. Walk you in it. Don't go that way. Don't go this way. This is what God is saying to us in 2009. Uh, you can read it if you, uh, in Matthew 7, 24, 25, 26, and 27. You can read it in Isaiah 30. 21. That's the word of the Lord he's given us. He doesn't want us to fall. He doesn't want us to get our eyes fixed on the temporal things. You see, the world gets their eyes fixed on the, the now, 
the temporal things, the, man, the, the man-made things, the things of, of this world. But the things of this world, they're going to pass away. We are not mere men. We are spiritual beings. We are children of the Most High God. We are sons and daughters. And therefore, we are not supposed to act like mere human beings on this earth that's not born again. So therefore, he gives us things, spiritual things to do, and we'll get spiritual consequences or spiritual success. We will. And so I'm excited about these times. Uh, yes, I feel the effect, but I'm excited about it because there's more opportunities to testify of the goodness of God. If everything is good and everybody's happy, everything is going hunkadori, then no one wants to hear about the hope <laughs> because they, they have everything they need. But in these days and time, most people don't have what they need. Most people are, you know, running around thinking, what am I going to do? What do I need to do to have security? There is no security outside Jesus Christ. None. So don't put your hope in trying to do things that the world tells us to do. The wisdom of this world, because that's not where security is. Security is in the word of the Lord. It will never fail. Never. It's forever settled in heaven. I believe that God has given us a mission in 2009. And I said God has given us a mission, not me. And you'll be deceived if you think it's just me just sitting around thinking of, of what can be the nice little sound and something to give the congregation. No, I'm going to give you what, God word, what God's word is for today and for this hour. And I believe that we have given you five goals that will put you in a place where God can bless you. That's where what I believe that we've done. Now, I, I put in a bulletin. It was put in a bulletin, this little sheet. And you should have it. And you should be able to put it on your mirror, on your refrigerator, in your Bible, wherever you want to put it. But these are the goals. It's on the front and the back. These are the five goals. I also put... You know how we said we we're going to accomplish those things. We said that we're going to have a zeal for the Lord. We're going to passionately pursue the Lord. That was our goal number one. We're going to do that. Uh, we, we need to reach out to the lost. So we have to passionately reach out to the lost. We're going to have a zeal for the lost. That's number one. A zeal for the lost. A passionate pursuit of the lost. Number two. We said we're going to increase our intimacy with Jesus Christ. And we said we're going to do that by... Uh, Having a constant devotional time, it means a daily devotional time, and we're going to memorize the uh, seven priorities, and you use those in your devotion times all during the week and during the month you use those. We said you're going to, uh, we're going to have you memorizing one scripture per month for 12 months. We'll be doing that. Also, that, that'll get you meditating on the word, that'll get you focused on the word, uh, even when you're driving, even when you're, uh, taking a lunch break, you can be focused on your, on the word of God. It helps us to draw near to God. We said, we, we all also want, uh, we want everyone to, uh, expand their prayer coverage. 
And we said that if you're spending your prayer coverage, you're going to pray for a minute for yourself, a minute for your uh, mate or future mate, a minute for your uh, children or future children, uh, for the success of the goals that we have for the, as a body, and also uh, for your elders and pastors. We said you're going to do that uh, as number three. We said number four, we're going to cooperate more with God and with those who are leading you. And we'll do that by being more Christ-centered rather than self-centered. We will measure that by you successful completing your goals. If you don't successfully complete your goals, we know you're not um, really doing what God asks you to do because each of us have the capacity to complete these goals. They're, they're very small goals. You know, even the prayer time is three days out of five, out of seven. So uh, it's, they're, they're very minimum goals. We said that we want to change our own heart and the hearts of our family. Uh, as far as giving is concerned, having a, a generous uh, heart in our stewardship of God's finances. We said that we wanted to uh, uh, do each one to tithe ten, the first 10%, the first 10% of your income as an act of worship, as an act of worship. We said we want, want everyone to pledge something for our new building. Most of you have, but some haven't. We said uh, a pledge. We have some gold envelopes, and even if you don't have any envelopes, all you have to do is just write it on your check, you know, for the new building, and it'll go into the correct fund. Uh, everyone needs to do that, and then keep your pledge regardless of how bad it hurts. Keep it. You need to pray before you make a pledge so that you'll know what God is asking you to do, and if you're hearing from God, then you will you keep your pledge. That's going to bring blessings to you. Those are our five goals for 2009. These goals, I guarantee you, will draw you closer to God. Guarantee you. As he draw, uh, as you draw close to him, he says he will draw close to you. Okay? He will draw. That's what he says. He wants that relationship, an intimate relationship. He doesn't want us to be so uh, focused on what's happening uh, with the uh, change of the government. He doesn't want us to focus on what's um, happening with the uh, economy. We've done all we could uh, in, the, in the change of government. What it is, it is. And so you, you pray for the person and keep going. Also, the economy, you're not going to do anything to help it. Unless you have a trillion dollars, you know, then you can help it, you know. But unless you have, have that kind of money, then you can't help the economy. So the only thing we can do is to uh, show the people around us, our family, number one, our workplaces, that we're not dependent upon the economy. We're dependent upon Jesus Christ. That's where our hope is. Now, I believe that God wants us to accomplish these goals because he wants to uh, use you mightily. Each one of you, he wants to use mightily. Let's look at James chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. It says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Hum yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. God wants to exalt all of us. And so he's saying, draw near to us, draw near to him, and he'll draw near to us. That's what he wants us to do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, 
Through 18 it says, Do not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness, or what harmony with Christ has Christ with Baal, what, or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever, or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them, I will walk among them, I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, says the Lord, and do not touch the unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, that's a promise, they're promises. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh, spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. God wants us to be light, light in this world. He doesn't want us to blend in with the darkness. He wants us to be light. In Matthew uh, 10, verses 5 through 8, it says, These twelve Jesus sent out, after instructing them, saying, Do not go to the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter in the city of the Samaritan, but rather go you to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. God wants to use us mightily in this world. He does not want us to... Uh, be wondering, well, when will God move? You know, I would like to see the things in the Bible happening today. We can see things happening today. It would do as God said to do. He's, he, he's, he, he doesn't change. He's forever the same. And he says that, you know, uh, what I did for them, I'll do for you. God wants to still heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, he wants to cleanse the lepers. He wants to uh, really uh, free people who are bound, have strongholds. He wants to do that. He wants to heal marriages. He wants to bring the families together. He wants to bring children and parents together. He doesn't want uh, division in the household. God will do that through you, through you, in your household, in your workplaces, as you go to the marketplace, just like he did and just like he told them. God wants to do that. And we have to do certain things to line up to, uh, or to receive what he has for us. Now, you know, I ask, you know, sometimes, so, you know, I wonder whether if we really do these five things, is it going to make a difference? Is it going to re really make a difference? How can I encourage the congregation to do these five things? How can I? You know, if I... How many of you say, I know I can do it and I shall do it without any doubt? Don't raise your hand. Okay, now, uh, I know that it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's not an easy thing because we're not used to doing uh, those type of things. But I know that we have the Holy Spirit. I know that God will enable us to do that. I know the grace of God is already there for us to do those, those things. Now, I was thinking, that suppose, suppose... Each person in their household, or let's just say somebody, a uh, wealthy person, say, what I'm going to do, because I love you so much, and I believe in you, if you do these five things, 
You have a constant devotional time. I mean, you are passionate in pursuit of the loss. You are, you know, you're tired and all those type of things. I'm going to give you $50 per day for five days out of the week for 30 days. And that, that's going to give you approximately uh, $1,075 extra per month than what you have now. Do you think you would do it? Or do you think you'll say, well, I'm, I'm too busy. And I don't have time. You know, I'm, I'm sleeping in the morning. I just can't, you know, I just can't do it. Well, suppose he would give you $100 if you did it. Would you do it? That's going to give you approximately $2,150 extra per month than you already have now. Do you think you can spend a little time with the Lord for that? Suppose he said, I give you $200 per month extra if you do that. You know, $200 five days a week, I know for the 30 days, I give you that. That's going to bring you how much? $4,300 approximately. Extra per month. I know that you can't use it. I know that you know your heart is set on God, you know. You want to prove that, you know, uh, that in this bad economy, you know, uh, with, the, with them not raising your salary, with them not even giving you what you should be making anyway, that you want to say, I'm going to be, uh, you know, just poor and just, you know, humble before God so everybody can see that I can make it without much more money. I would, I would, I would take, I don't know whether I'd take one dollar per thing, because I do it anyway, <laughs> you know, I do it anyway, but fifty dollars, man, I can use a thousand extra dollars a month. Can you? Can you? Really? Okay. I see somebody shaking their head, and other people say, you know, they, they, they got plenty of money, you know. Now, just think, I guarantee you, everybody in here would do it for $50 extra a month. Guaranteed. Because I know everybody can use an extra $1,000, even if you just want to give it to the poor. I believe you can use it, you know. And I could too. But that's a sad situation because if I say that I can do it for that and can't do it because he saved my soul, he brought me out of the power of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of his dear son, you know, now death has no power over me, you know. Uh, I am the son of almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, the creator of all things, and he loves me and has given me all things. And I won't do it for that, but I'll do it for fifty dollars a month. Then, who am I serving? Yeah. Think about it now. Think about it. You know, I used to tell myself uh, I didn't do it with money. I did it with uh, sports. I said, if I can, if I can uh, get out there and play sports. And in college, they, they will they will work you two two practices two practices a, a, a day while the students are not there starting in August. If I can go out and do that for just to play, just to put on a uniform and get smushed, you know, why wouldn't I have some discipline 
to do something for God that doesn't take but an hour, yeah, or less, or more, depending on you know how much time you have. So therefore, I said that I'm going to do these things, and I started when I first heard the message on the seven priorities of life. We started doing it, and it's probably been over 20 years ago. I believe that God has many people in this city. I believe it. Many people in this city. That hasn't been saved yet. I believe he has many people in this city. Let's look at Acts chapter 18, verses 9 and 10. And the Lord said to Paul, in the night by a vision, do not be afraid any longer. But go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. And no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in this city. Do you really believe that that was the only city that God had many people in? That And it went out when the... Apostles died out, the apostles that saw Jesus Christ. Do you really believe that God doesn't have many people in Lynchburg, in the surrounding counties? Do you believe he doesn't have many people? Do you believe that everyone is saved because we have so many churches in Lynchburg? Do you believe everybody is saved? I believe that most people are not saved. I believe that most people are not. Most people are not saved or they are unchurched. I believe you can look at, at any churches around Lynchburg, and we have plenty of churches. And you won't have but a handful of them that have a full, I mean, just packed to the hill. You won't find many. And some of them are not saved. Because I was sitting up in church, was not saved. So I know what I'm talking about. Just because you sit in the garage doesn't mean you're caught. God has many people in the city. And he wants to use you, each one of us, mightily. Mightily. We have a song now by Chad and his team.
to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. And you're the peace to the restless. And you are. And there is no one like our God. And there is no one like our God. And greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. And greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Sing it with me. And greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things. And greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. There is no one like our God, and there is no one like our God. There is no one like our God, and there is no one like our God. There is no one. And there is no one like our God. And there is no one like our God. Lift up your voices. For greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things, and greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. One more time. And greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done here. Thanks, praise God. Are there still great things to be done in this city and surrounding counties? Who do you think going to do it? It has to be us. It has to be us. If, if they're going to be done, it has to be us who do those things. You know, the song said, um, Jehovah is the God. He is the God. And he is the God of Lynchburg, isn't he? And surrounding county. 
in Deuteronomy 4, 35, it says that, talking about Yahweh, to you it, it was shown that you might know that the Lord, he is God. There is no one besides him. No one. See, Christ is a, is a king and prince of peace of all the people in these surrounding counties, in Lynchburg. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish it. Jesus said in John fourteen twenty seven, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled. Nor let it be fearful. God doesn't want us to be troubled. He's given us a peace that the world doesn't know anything about. Because we have peace because he is who he said he is. And he's done what he said he's, he, he was going to do. And he will do what he says he's going away and going to come back again to do. For his church, his bride. These light afflictions that we go through in this world can be compared to the surpassing glory and excellence that we're going to receive when he comes again. Anything that we are able to do to uh, put our selfish life to the foot of the cross is nothing compared to what he did for us. It's nothing. Jesus Christ is the Lord of this nation, the words say. In Psalm 2, 8, he says, Ask me, and I will surely give the nations as thine inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as thy possession. And we are in Christ Jesus, and we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus, so everything that's Jesus is ours also. So we can ask him for our loved ones. We can ask him for our children. We can ask him for our uh, unsaved mate. We can ask him, you know, for our salvational people here in the uh, Lynchburg area and the surrounding counties. We can ask him because he says he will give to Jesus Christ, and we are in him. It says that Jesus Christ is the light of this darkness. In Matthew 6, 4, 16, it says the people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And to those who were sitting in the land, a shadow, in the shadow of death, upon them, a light dawn. And you know, we're speaking of Jesus Christ. In John 1, 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus Christ is the hope of the hopeless. There is no hope apart from Jesus Christ. None. None. It says in Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope. It says the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And our hope is not the hope of the world system. You know, the world system, when they say hope, they say, well, I, well, I, I hope that I don't lose my job. I hope, you know, uh, things work out okay. I hope. That's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is really, it's a assurance that what you hope in will come to pass. It, it hasn't come to pass yet, but it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It's like saying, I hope in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, you know he's coming again. It's not, <laughs> it's a joyful expectation. You know, that's what hope is, a joyful expectation. We expect him any day now. Even though a day is a thousand of the Lord. He might not come in our lifetime, but he is coming. He is coming. And he might come in our lifetime, we don't know. In the scripture, they, they, they expected him any time. So they, they wanted to live as though he was coming tomorrow. And so we need to live as though he's coming tomorrow because there is no hope without him. I'm not going to put my hope in no world system. I'm not going to put my hope in, in, in the president or, the, uh, or any of his cabinet members. I'm not going to put my hope in you know, monetary uh, security because they can, they can pass away just like that. Pass away just like that. In 1 Timothy 1, 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and Jesus Christ, who is our hope. <laughs> there is no, no hope other than Jesus Christ. In Deuteronomy 4, 39, it says, Know therefore today and take it to heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and on the earth below, there is no other. No other. No other. Greater things are yet to come. And greater things still is still to be done. In Amherst and surrounding counties, Bedford County, Nelson County, Lynchburg, all that there, there are things to be done. And God wants to use you. He wants to use you as your workplace. He wants to use you and your family. He wants to use you wherever you go because you are, you, 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 you are taking a powerful thing. I mean, a powerful, powerful thing. It's like those, those, those people who, who in, uh, Palestine and in Israel, when they, 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 they want to, uh, strap bombs to them and go into place and then blow themselves up. They, they, they're, they're taking something powerful around with them, you know? And we're taking something powerful around with us. We're taking the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Is there any power other than the power of God? We're taking mighty, mighty power to raise the dead. Come on. Only thing they can do is kill the lie, those who are living. We can raise the dead. You know? Make sure that you do everything possible.
to be used by the Holy Spirit in a mighty way this year. Please don't think that you can say, think, and act as you did in 2008 and then get different results in 2009. We can't do the same thing and get different results. We got to change. And that's what the, the whole uh, goals are for. And I took a lot of time to give us our goals to make sure that we position ourselves to be used mighty by God. Now, if we do that, if we do what he says, it's going to take faith. I mean, it's going to take faith to successfully accomplish these goals. You're not going to do it just out of sheer uh, will. I don't want you to do it out of sheer, sheer will. I mean, just you just tough it out. He's worthy of more than just toughing it out. We must believe that God is giving you these goals to position you for what he has for you, your family, and this church body in this year. And if you take it that way, you'll be serious about it. In Habakkuk 2, 2 through 4, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that one may read it and run. For the vision is yet to, for a point of time, it hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come, and it will not delay. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. God expects us to live by faith. We can't please him without faith. And it takes faith to live in this day and time. You know, it really does. It took faith for Jesus Christ to live in his time. It's going to take faith for us to live in this time. As he is, so are we on this earth. Let's close in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. We have to have faith to believe that God has called you to reach others for his sake. He's called you to reach others for his sake. In verse 7 it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. And if we're going to accomplish anything in this body, it's going to be because the power of God. It's not going to be because we have some excellence apart from the Holy Spirit inside of us. We don't. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Oh, my goodness gracious. How can we lose hope or not have faith in Jesus Christ when we can read about these apostles who went through so much and they didn't despair just because people didn't do what they wanted, wanted to do or what God wanted them to do. They didn't despair but just because our people stoned them, you know, uh, and, and drug them for dead. You know, they didn't despair. It's always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus who may also be manifested in our mortal bodies. 
We need to be pouring ourselves out as a drink offering for the lost. That's what we need to be doing. That's what we need to be doing. We are here to do the job that Christ left us to do. He left us and he said, go into all the earth and proclaim the gospel, making disciples of all the nations, teaching them, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do those things that he uh, said of us to do. He says um, here in verse 13, but having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. You're supposed to be believing what the word says, you're supposed to be speaking the word. If God says that many people in Lynchburg, he says that uh, the, the, the nations are the heritage of Jesus Christ, and we know we are joint heirs of Jesus Christ, that means that there are many people out there that's just waiting, just waiting for you to proclaim the good news. They're waiting for you. That's what they're doing. All are not read at the same time, but you have to, you have to keep, you know, uh, uh, speaking, keep uh, acting like the word acts to tell us to act so that they'll come to you as well as you reach the right ones because the Holy Spirit will lead us to the right ones. Knowing in verse 14 that he who raised Jesus Christ will also with Jesus raise us and will present us with you. He's talking about the apostles here. For all things are for your sex. So that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Oh, that's what's supposed to be happening in Lynchburg. Spreading the gospel. Every church is spreading the gospel in, in their places. People should be like a sesame seed bun. You know, they hear it from this place, they hear it from that place. After a while they get tired of hearing and they say, I give up. Tell me how I can be saved. Because they're hearing it from everybody. From different denominations. Doesn't matter whether the gospel is the gospel. If they're preaching the gospel. Therefore we do not lose heart. Have y'all lost heart? He said do not lose heart. But though our outward man is decaying. Yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. I don't get depressed. I don't get you know down because of uh, the, the, the things that are not going the way I think they should be going. I get excited because I'm right in line with the apostles. I'm right in line with Jesus. You know, <laughs> Everything didn't go the way he wanted them to go with people. They're not going to go the way you want them to go with people. But you just don't lose heart. For momentarily, light affliction is producing for us. An eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We're not going to look at what's happening around us. You turn on CNN, CNN, and you, you hear the bad news. You know? Open up the Bible and hear the good news. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, Father, that your word is forever settled in heaven. We thank you, Lord, that you are the, the God of all flesh, Lord. We thank you that you created all things in heaven and in the earth. You created all things, Lord. And we are thankful to you, Lord. We are thankful for you, Lord.
If there's anyone here who is not saved, uh, just raise your hand and we'll pray for you because today is a day of salvation. We don't want anyone to leave without the salvation of your soul. Is anyone here who's not saved today? Is anyone here today who said, you know, I want to uh, renew my life. I want to renew myself to God because I've not, um, know I've been straying. I want to, I want, I want to come back to the Lord and Savior. I want to come back to the rock. Then about it. In that situation, just raise your hand. We'll pray for you. I had a prayer team come on. If you have a prayer need for anything, we have an altar team that's willing to stay at the service to pray with you, pray for you. They get enjoyment out of praying. They like to pray for you. Whatever the situation may be. You might need healing for your body. You might need a standing proxy for somebody else. But don't leave without prayer. There also may be some of us that uh, we want to do what Pastor said. It's in our hearts because the Holy Spirit says, Amen. That's His Word. Um, but maybe it's just difficult to step out and do it for a million different reasons. If you want to come up and get prayer for that, come on up. Let me just pray the blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you. May the Lord give you peace in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen.